but I'm not going to. Yay, good morning everyone. What did you have? Uh, nice to see all of you. Uh, thank you so much, Philip, uh, for the... I said that also, we're going to let you go. No, 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 you can have a seat. Nice. Yeah, it's a real blessing to be here. Um, yeah, like Philip said, I met him at the Preachers Club. And I, I remember the one day we had a like, little debrief of the Preachers Club and our team that led that, that stage, um, we spoke about Philip and we said we really highlighted him and said that we can see God's anointing on his life and you know, there's something that God's going to do mightily through him. Um, and so it's so amazing to see, even then, you know, that, that was like two, two and a half years ago, yeah. um, and um, to see that like, something come, came from that, from that uh, impression that we had that God's got his finger on Willem and his family. Um, yeah, so thank you, Willem, for the opportunity to be here. Um, and the, the rest of you, I don't know if you've got other elders or the rest of your team, everybody that's involved. It's nice. He's a, he's a single shot shotgun. <laughs> yeah. 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 I always joke and say it's not the Joe show, but if that rhymes. So yeah. yeah, you can't use that one, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, but it's great to see that Bill family is actually also involved, you know, Jesus is into family, you know, yeah. when he called the disciples, so many of them were brothers. That's good. Um, so, yeah, um, so I'm going to jump straight into my message, and the title of my message is Moving from Grace to Godliness, and Making Progress in the In-Between, and what I want to do is read from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 11, so you can turn there in your Bibles got a physical Bible on your phone, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 to 11, and we're going to do a little Bible study this morning together. And what I hope is that by the end of this message that you would feel fed spiritually, um, and that you not only be inspired, but actually change. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm here with an agenda, I just want to give you a heads up. Yeah. Like I, I want to move you somewhere, I want you to not be the same. In, in terms of what you're thinking about certain things. Um, and also, to give you some handles on Bible study. You know, Bible study should be super exciting for you. So I want to encourage you through this methodology that, that I'm going to use this morning, just um, explaining certain words to you, um, and like just taking different pieces of, of the scripture, and, and like reorganizing them to make sense of the, the order of things. Um, and this is something that you can do on your own um, as well. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's open up Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 2 to 11. Um, it goes like this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him... Who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love for if these things 
are yours and abound. You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an inheritance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow, that's good. That's good. Do you, do you, like, do you feel like a little bit full already? That's, that's amazing, right? Just reading that scripture, there's, there's so much in there. And um, so let's just pray before we dig into it. Lord, we thank you for this blessed opportunity. Thank you, Heere, that you here is. You is God, and you is here. What a voorrecht is this. Heere, you say what two or three in your name, God, that you will be here. And we thank you that you dwell among the praises of your people. You were right here when we sang, and you are right here when we are dishing out the fresh manna from heaven. I pray that, that you would be every word that I speak. And that there would be remembrance of what you saying today, not what Joe said. Anything from Joe, take it away, Lord. I'm just an instrument in your hand, and I make myself available to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Okay, so, as you can see in the scripture, or what I'm going to show you, is that there are two opposing forces. On the one side, you've got something called life and godliness. And on the other side, you've got the world. And these forces are working against each other. So, on the one side, you've got the world. And the world is pulling you. And its destination, the scripture says, is corruption. The corruption that is in the world. So, it's pulling you towards corruption. And the string that is pulling you on is lust. The lust that is in the world. Lust, it's lusting. You are lusting after something and that's the wire that's pulling you into the world. And its destination is corruption and ultimately eternal damnation. On the other side, you've got life and godliness. And its destination is eternal glory in the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that amazing? And what's interesting to note... It's that there's no wire on this side. There's nothing pulling you. You know what's on this side? There's Jesus calling you. He says, make your call and election sure. Jesus is calling you. And the Bible says, you must draw. You must draw close unto God. And He will draw close unto you. So, as you go close to this side, the kingdom is coming closer to you too. So it's very attainable on this side. On this side, you've just been dragged in time. Okay? You get that picture? Yes. So, let's go through it. Let's take it verse by verse. So just keep your Bibles open. And we're going to put it on the screen here as we go. Let's start with verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So I'm just going to pull out certain phrases or words and, and make a comment on them. 
So the knowledge of God. Three times in this portion of scripture, Peter mentions knowledge of God. And here he wants grace and peace to multiply the knowledge of God. So in essence, he wants you to grow what you know about God. So I want to ask you a question. It's a rhetorical question in the sense that you don't have to answer me right now, but if I were to have one and one with you, I'd ask you this question. How long have you been saved? How long have you known Jesus? And the next question that follows on to that is this. If you say that you just got saved last week, that's amazing. I'm so, so excited for you. What you know about God then is that you're a sinner. He's a savior. He, he took you out of the water. You were on your way to damnation. Now you're actually going to heaven. That, that's just about what you need to know. And you need to believe in Him and the finishing work of the cross. Alright? You all know that. Yes. Great. Okay, that's, that's like level one. But if you tell me, I've been saved 15 years. Or however long. So many years. My question is this. Do you know God more? Now. Than what you knew initially. Because Peter is writing, he says, May grace, may grace and peace be multiplied in the knowledge of God. So what, we know that grace is the enabling power of God. So grace is supposed to enable us to know something more. What I know about my wife now, after 12 years of marriage, is more than what I knew about her when we were an animal. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I'm intimate with her. Because I live with her. Do you understand? As you progress in your journey with God, you've got to know more. There's more to God. Verse 3. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by virtue and glory. So let's look at this word, divine power. The Greek word here is dynamo. It's where we get the word dynamite, you know, or dynamic. That's such a dynamic person. It means he's a person of ability. So that's what that word means. It's ability or might or even miracle. And notice here, who's got the power? Divine power. Okay? It is God that does the saving. It's God that gives us something to life and godliness. He's giving us something to enable us to this side of this two opposing forces. So it is of no human ability that you were saved. It is the doing of God. Life and godliness. Now, this is our purpose. God saved you for a purpose. There's a reason why He saved you. It's not just to get to heaven, by the way. The Bible says that He predestined you for good works on this earth right now. So if you just want to get the badge or the entrance ticket to heaven, then you don't understand the kingdom of God. Because there's things that you're supposed to do on this earth that, that He planned for you and He wants to use you. But you've got to be moving, making progress in the in-between from the when you got saved out of the world and going into life and godliness, you've got to make progress. Okay? So, what is this purpose? It's life and godliness. I want to give you an illustration. If life and godliness is our purpose, then the vehicle that leads us to this purpose is the knowledge of His great and precious promises. That is the vehicle that moves us in this direction. And the 
engine of this vehicle is divine power. Can you get that? Can, can you picture that? I'm in his church. I'm trying to illustrate something. Here's your memory. There's a vehicle. And the engine of this vehicle is divine power. And it is moving you toward. The vehicle's name is the knowledge of God. The more you get to know God, the more you become like Him. You're growing into the life and godliness of Him. Okay? Let me give you another, another, another illustration. That one didn't do it for you. On this side, life and godliness, you're a light bulb. On this side, or anchored here, is a generator that powers this light bulb. And then there's a cable that goes from the generator to the light bulb. The generator is divine power. That's God. The cable that moves electricity from the generator to the light bulb is the knowledge of God. So God is, is giving His divine power. The way you get it is by knowing. The more you know Him, the more He downloads into you. The more He fills you with His power so that this light bulb can bulb. So that you've got life and godliness. So He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He is empowering us. Literally. Verse 4. By which you have been given, which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may become partakers of this divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world through lust. Wow! Look at this. Precious promises. That is the knowledge. That's this knowledge thing. It's, it's not knowledge as in like uh, just information. It is a, a, a believing of something. And a believing of what? A believing of the promises that He made to us. That is what is empowering us. Now, there's, there's something called the Bible Gateway. It's an app or you know Bible resources, and they found more than five thousand promises in the Bible. Wow, that is our inheritance. Another guy called Herbert Locklear, he wrote the book and he dug a little deeper and found over seven thousand promises in the Bible. Now I'm going to give you five. Can you can you do you think you can handle five? We don't have time for all seven thousand, so we just do five today. Okay? God is promising you eternal life. Do you believe that? Yes, that vehicle is moving a little bit forward because you believe in it. Okay? He said that He will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that good? That's a promise. You can believe it. You can hang on to it because if you do, you're feeling that engine and it moves you forward more towards life and godliness. He says that you are forgiven. You are made righteous. Your past sins washed away. Isn't that awesome? This is glorious, guys. This is a promise that He's giving us. You have made a new creation. And that's what I felt for you guys. You are a new creation. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. There's, a, there's an adage that says, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know what? That's a world's saying. Because in Christ, there is always new. There is always more. We are made into a new creation. Because of Him, that's a promise to us. Another promise is you can have peace that transcends understanding. Do you get that? There's a peace that this world can't give us. No matter how good your bank account looks, you can't have peace in that. Because tomorrow something changes and you lose everything. 
But the peace that Jesus gives is a promise that's within you. He says that you can live victorious. Do you know that? We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. And here's my favorite one. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, guys. Do you know that? Jesus is coming. We've got a glorious future ahead of us because of this very promise. Jesus is coming. There's an end to this world. It's not going to continue forever. Those are just some of the precious promises that He's given us. He says we can be partakers of the divine nature. Now the Greek word for partakers is koinonos. It means a sharing in, a participation. Now I want to say to you this. I want to blow your minds. Do you know that the devil is actually jealous of you? You know why? Because you get to have something that he could never have. And I, I go out on the limb and say, it might be one of the reasons why he actually like, rebelled against God. He wanted what? To be on the throne with God. He wanted to receive the glory of God. But God couldn't let him into that holy trinity, onto the throne. But now you and I, listen to this. In 1 John 3 verse 2, it says the following. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. What? We shall be like Him. There is something of His nature that we are going to experience that none of the angels can experience. It is unique to the body of Christ. We are going to be the bride of Christ. There's going to be a holy consummation. We are going to be included into the very Godhead. Lust of the world keeps us from that. Last part of this verse says, Escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Lust is the pool. It is the it is the, the wire that keeps on pulling us away from this. Now I want to tell you something else that you might not have known. Do you know that the devil was slash is, I don't know, isn't actually ugly? Yes. You know that? Yeah. The devil, we, could, we see pictures of him, you know, this, this awful creature with the horns. And, and that might be a resemblance of his character. Yes. But he was actually the worship angel. Okay? He was actually a beautiful creature. And I want to say this to you. Because the devil was the worship leader of heaven, he knows how to put on a show. The devil knows how to make something look leering. When he presents junk to you, it's not going to come in a rubbish bag. It's going to come in a circle with lots of cheese and bacon on it. It's called pizza. <laughs> and pineapple. Isn't that true? Let's just use that analogy. Is there anybody that doesn't like pizza? Let's be honest. You know, it's so good. You've got to treat yourself every now and again with junk. You know? Because it's junk food. It's called junk food. But it looks... Good and it tastes good. That is the 
That is the, the wire that takes us in. Okay? So the devil knows how to put on a show and he knows how to make something presentable. Genesis 3 verse 6 says, The food was pleasant to the eyes. Okay? That is forbidden fruit. And the tree desirable to make one wise. Afrikaans, we've got this song, Verboede vruchte is lekker. You know that? Okay? It's not difficult to fall for sin. It's not difficult. The flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. Flesh wants to pull you. But remind yourself where it leads to. So I want to ask you this morning. What are you lusting after? What are you lusting after? What is that wire that the devil's got around your arm keeps on pulling you? You to cut that thing. You to cut that thing. In the name of Jesus, with the blood of Jesus. Because ultimately, it's going to pull you into corruption. Verse 5. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. Let's look at that for this very reason. Peter is calling us to a holy dissatisfaction with our status quo. He's saying, look at your life. Look at your holiness thermometer and ask yourself, am I satisfied with the way that I am now? And I pray that you aren't. I pray that you look at yourself and say, you know what? I'm patient, but I can definitely be more patient. You know? I love, but I can definitely love more. You know? May you increase in, in the way, in the character that you currently display of Christ in your holiness. He says that we should be diligent. Diligent. It's the first of two mentions. And please take note of the reason why we do this. He says, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to, and then he goes on. For this very reason, very important that you understand something. We work out our own salvation, like Philippians 2 verse 12 says, because... Christ has already started the work with us. We're not initiating this. You've got to get the order right. For this very reason, because of the divine power, because of the knowledge of God, because of what He did, that is why we are diligent and we are doing the next eight characteristics. If you don't get the order right, you're going to fall into works and you're going to believe a false gospel. And you're going to just try to have you know, all these things and faith and virtue and not even going to do it by your own strength, you're going to fail. Verse 6. Add to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. This list can be called spiritual arithmetic. And it's not wages that we pay to earn our way into heaven. It's not that you are doing these eight characteristics and, you know, like tick that box and say, you know, I did all of this, therefore I can be granted entrance into heaven. No, this is a result of you being in the vehicle filled by this divine power that moves you to, towards this. It is a manifestation of God's work inside of you. It is not you trying to manufacture it. It's also interesting to note that the list starts with faith. It's the first thing that gets mentioned, faith. 
Why? Because Hebrews 11, 6 says that he who comes to God must first, first, that's the very first thing, believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then, the list ends with love. Why? Because ultimate spiritual maturity is love. You want to see if somebody is spiritually mature? Just see the way they love the neighbor. How are you treating other people? Those close to you. Verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Those are big words. Barren and unfruitful. So it seems to be that you can be barren and unfruitful. It seems to be possible that you can start this Christian walk and then become indifferent. 2 Peter 2 verse 12 says, If they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there's again, escaped. Okay? Now, they are again entangled and overpowered. The last state has become worse for them than the first. How sad is this? That you have died to yourself. You laid yourself down on the altar and said, Jesus, I want to live for you. And then, a couple of months, a couple of years later, you again get overpowered and entangled in the world and drawn into corruption. How sad is that? This is not God's will for your life. I want to tell you a story. A true story. It's well documented in something called the Incredible Series. And uh, it's about Glenda Roberts and her husband. They went fishing off the coast of Florida and Glenda decided to go for a swim. Jumps into the water, swims around, current comes up and, get, and pulls her away from the boat. Her husband, not thinking, jumps into the water after her to save her, not realizing that the current's going to take him too. So there they go and there's the boat. Now, they have to decide what to do. And he was a champion swimmer. So they talk amongst them in the water and say, he tells Glenda, don't waste your strength, just float. I'm going to try to get back to the boat. So he starts stroking. For six hours, he fights the tide trying to get to the boat. Finally, almost at the point of giving up, when the sun was about to set on the horizon, the tide turns and he could get to the boat. And now he's searching for her, but he couldn't find her. The very next day, he continues the search, and he finds her, alive. Okay? But here's the thing. You know where he found her? 36 kilometers from where they first started. That's where the tide took her. I want to say this to you. You can't be a passive person. Because you are. You're just floating. You're just floating. You're going to go to this direction. This direction, this direction, into the world. You gotta make a conscious effort, be diligent in pursuing life and godliness because if you don't, you're gonna be pulled towards the world. Verse 9 For he who lacks these things is short sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Short sighted, forgotten. If you forget Christ's forgiveness, you will surely 
lose sight of eternity. There's a song that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. But if you forget what Christ did for you, you know what will end up happening? The things of earth won't grow strangely dim, they will come alive in full HD, 4K. And it's very enticing. Do you understand what I'm saying? You become short-sighted. Short-sighted means you lose sight of something that's long or longer, like eternity. You just think about the things of this world. What I'm going to eat tomorrow? What I'm going to wear? Ah, oh, I don't have the latest phone. This and that and that. All the worries and the cares of the world just entangles you. You forget what you were saved from. Verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stop. There's that word again, diligent. I love the Afrikaans word. Averach. Averach. You list what you do. Did you list what you do? Did you list what you do? Come on, man. I like that. Now the best way to be diligent, the best way to make your call and election sure, the best way to remind yourself of what Christ did for you, is to tell your salvation story. Because that way you constantly remind. Where did I come from? Man, I was stuck in pornography. Man, I was... I didn't have a relationship with my father. Man, I, this is where I came from. You know? You, you remind yourself, but it's like a wound that's healed. It doesn't hurt you anymore to talk about it. Now you're ministering to other people that's still there. And say, you know what? There's freedom on this side. There's life. Life! When you're moving towards Godliness. By the grace of God. Now I want to say this to you, and, and I specifically felt this for Krapo. May the love of Christ compel you. It's a verse like that. Yeah. It's in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 15. You can read the whole chapter. 2 Corinthians 5. May the love of Christ compel you to love the lost. To have a heart for the, for the lost. Your church is growing. And it should be. And there's an increase coming. And as you get this, it will grow even more. May, may you get out of a holy huddle. May there never be a holy huddle. You know what a holy huddle is? It's just when you shine your light among other lights. You know what? Your light won't shine very brightly. Because there's many other lights. But if you take that light into darkness, that's where the light is going to shine. So I want to challenge you. Get to where the swearing is happening. Get to where there's rivalry. Get to where there's dirty talk. Why? Because that's where you're going to shine your light. That's where you're going to show a difference. Verse 11. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundant into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It says for so. For so. Okay. Now this is not a recipe. It is a result. That happens. A result of knowing his precious promises. I, I enjoy watching Formula One. I don't know if there's any other Formula One fans over here. Good. Okay. So you know that in Formula One, that car is extremely loud. That you know they can barely hear something else, you know, while they drive. But what they can hear is these two words, and they often hear it throughout the race. It's the words box box. And what that means 
is they need to quit this intense race that they're busy with to take 30 seconds of this race and get into the pit lane. And then once they stop, they've got just under 3 seconds to change tires, to fuel up, to change a part of the body if that needs to, to wipe the visor if that needs to, 3 seconds. It's all it takes and then they're out of there again. And what I want to say to you is this, you need to listen out when Jesus tells you to box box. Because there's going to be a time when you get so busy at work, you get so busy in ministry, you get so busy with your kids and your family, that you end up running out of fuel. And you miss the words box box. Listen out for those words box box. It's not going to take long. You just need a power session with Jesus. And He's going to fuel you up and He's going to repower you. It says here that entrance will be given abundantly. Now there's a reference that's made here to Roman generals who came back after a victory and the, the triumphal parade was, was, they were welcomed with the triumphal parade as they entered the town. So can you imagine one day entering heaven and you hear Jesus himself standing and saying, well done, faithful son, faithful daughter. Isn't that incredible? Just to hear that. That's something that we can look forward to. That's beyond life and godliness. In this eternal reward in Christ. So I want you to close your eyes. And I just want to pray for you. This morning. And um, I want to pray in general. But also want to pray for some specific folk. That, that might feel that they... Floating. The story that I told about Glenda Roberts, then this this water, she, she got exhausted after trying just a little bit. And maybe you one of those Christians that you know you, you know the Lord, you love the Lord, but but you're just hanging. There's no new revelation that you get about him. And you know, you're just hanging there in the water and you feel that you're slowly drifting towards the world's lust. And ultimately corruption. And I want to pray specifically for you. For new strength. And for new diligence. For new aver. For a new passion. For a new drive in you. And, and, and I want to call you to box box. To, to fuel up. And know that you are sitting in the fastest car on the planet. It's called the knowledge of God. And you fueled by divine and You've got everything that pertains to life and godliness. God is for you. He wants to move you towards His eternal kingdom. So that's you. I want to ask if you could respond in some way. Just to indicate to me only. Not, not to anybody else. It's between you and God. But I just want to see who it is that I must pray for specifically. So that's you. Sitting here feeling that I'm just floating. And I need to make a more conscious, diligent effort to progress. To make progress in the in-between. To move to use this grace and move towards godliness. Why don't you just raise your hand quickly. Just tuck it up quickly and you can lower it again. Thank you so much. There's something in it when we respond. There's, there's, there's something that happens inside you. This is not for me. This is for you. So that you can say to God, this is me God. This is where I'm located at the moment. Why don't you come and help me?
So thank you for those hands. Lord, I bring, I bring those people that responded to you right now. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would fill them up again. Lord, won't you show them that they are loved, that, that you have called them.